0: Hello and welcome to Our Lady of Victory. Today is December 8th, and today is the solemnity. We celebrate the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception of Mary. That's a holy day of obligation, so we're all supposed to go to church today. And we're going to reflect upon the Gospel reading from Mass, which is taken from Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Let's see what the Lord has to say to us today. The angel Gabriel was sent from God, And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, my wife and I, last year we found a television show we liked a lot. It's hard to find things, you know, that can keep our interest anymore. And, uh, well, we found this show called Ted Lasso. And we really liked it. We watched season one. It was very entertaining. It's upbeat. Now, I'm not saying it's G rated. You know, there's some inappropriate content in it and whatnot, but it was just a positive story that we enjoyed. Well, we were excited to watch season two and did start watching season two. And, you know, a couple of episodes in, Ted happens to mention in referring to Christmas, he says, it's Jesus. It's Santa Claus's birthday, rather. He says it's Santa Claus's birthday. Now, you know, maybe I'm hypersensitive, but I just feel like our culture has stripped so much meaning from Christmas uh, with the, you know, the whole Santa Claus thing and the the gift giving and and the emphasis on materialism and consumerism and frantic, uh, you know, scheduling of events that we, we just don't have time to reflect upon the infinite importance, the infinite significance of Jesus becoming human of the incarnation we call that the incarnation of course and also the absolutely essential role that mary plays in this holy event so i want to reflect upon that that's the theme for the reflection the infinite importance of the incarnation why did jesus come well the catechism gives four reasons and don't worry i'm not going to read the whole catechism to you here i'm just going to hit high level right why did jesus come well, first of all, we hear in the Nicene Creed at Mass all the time that Jesus um, became man, he became human for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven is the exact word for our salvation. He came down from heaven. The word Jesus became flesh for us in order to save us by reconciling us with God. The father sent his son as savior of the world and he was revealed to take away our sins. Well why was that necessary? We know about the fall of the human race and the Catechism underscores this by um, citing St. Gregory of Nyssa. They quote St. Gregory of Nyssa who says this, sick our nature demanded to be healed, fallen to be raised, dead to rise again. We had lost possession of the good It was necessary for it to be given back to us. St. Gregory goes on to say, Closed in darkness, it was necessary to bring us the light. Captives, we awaited awaited a savior. Prisoners, help, slaves, a liberator. St. Gregory says, Are these things minor or insignificant? Did they not move God to descend to human nature and visit it? Since humanity was in so miserable and an unhappy state. God wants to heal us and redeem us from our fallen human nature. That's why Jesus comes. Secondly, that was the first reason. Secondly, Jesus became flesh so that we might know God's love. You remember this passage from John three sixteen: For God so loved the world that he gave his son, his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but should have eternal life. He came to destroy sin, to destroy death, to give us eternal life. Jesus came to be our model for holiness. Matthew 11:29 Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. John 14:6 I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Jesus models self-giving love. He models our path back to union with the Father. And fourth, and finally, the word became flesh to make us partakers of the divine nature academicism quotes saint irenaeus to to underscore this point for this is why the word became man and the son of god became the son of man so that man by entering into communion with the word and thus receiving divine sonship might become a son of god This is an awesome promise of Christianity. St. Peter writes about this elsewhere in the Bible, that we shall become partakers in the divine nature, sons and daughters of God. In John chapter 1, verse 12, to those who receive and believe in the name of Jesus, he gives the power to become children of God. The incarnation is the most significant event in human history. It's not Santa Claus's birthday, Ted. So now let's take a look at the readings from today. We we read the gospel, but just to break this down a little bit, I want to touch also on the first reading, which is from the from Genesis. You can read that on your own. But after the fall, so in that reading, the the aftermath of the fall is is being recounted, Genesis chapter 3. Then so so what happens is the the human race has fallen and God immediately starts to make a promise of redemption. What we hear in Genesis 3.15 it's what, is what's called the Proto-Evangelium, which is Latin for the first gospel. And God, uh, you know, then the Lord God said to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will strike at your head while you strike at his heel. So the woman, the woman points to Mary and the her offspring Points to Jesus, who will crush the head of the serpent, who destroys sin and death on the cross. So from the early first third chapter of Genesis, right after the fall, God is promising us a Savior. He's promising to redeem and make right uh, the sin of, of human humanity. So again, what is the Immaculate Conception? If you're like me, for many years, um, while I was younger, I thought the Immaculate Conception was this Mary conceiving Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit, but that's not what it is. Again, from the Catechism. The most blessed Virgin Mary was, from the first moment of her conception, by a singular grace and privilege of Almighty God, and by virtue of the merits of Jesus Christ, Savior of the human race, preserved immune from all state of original sin. The Immaculate Conception is Mary was conceived without original sin. And when Mary answers Gabriel, when she says, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Her free yes sets in motion the redemption of the human race. The reasons for which we've already talked about. Her yes undoes Eve's no. Just as the human race was subjected to death by means of a virgin, so too it is rescued by a virgin. Her free yes is a model for us because Mary trusts. In the garden, the serpent sows seeds of doubt in the minds and hearts of Adam and Eve. You may recall, it sows seeds of doubt about God's love for them. And, and if you recall, it goes like this. The serpent says, did God really say you shall not eat from any of the trees in the garden? And Eve says, no, we can eat of the trees of the garden except for the one in the middle. That one, if we eat of, God says we'll die. Well, the serpent comes back at her and says, you certainly will not die. God knows well that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like gods who know good and evil. The serpent got Adam and Eve to lose trust for God, to doubt God's love for him, to doubt that they could only experience the fullness of life in union with God. Well, Mary doesn't doubt. She doesn't know where this is all going to lead. She doesn't know how she's even going to conceive, you know, this baby, let alone what's going to happen in her life. What's this going to mean to her? What impact is it going to have on her future? but she trusts God and because of her trust, humanity can truly be like God once reconciled to him. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to trust, to allow God to take hold of our lives. And this year, I think we can try to put meaning back into Christmas, into our celebration of Christmas by bearing witness to the infinite importance of these truths we just reflected upon to bear witness to them in our with our words and with our deeds trusting in Jesus who is the way the truth and the life to show us the way go in peace brothers and sisters